0: This morning we're beginning to take a look at God's plan for victory. God plans for every single person in this room to win. And I mean win big. And we're going to see how in the book of Joshua we see how we can know God's plan and follow God's plan for victory. Now, now you, know, you may be thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to get rich. Well, I can't promise that. <laughs> not what it said. You say, oh, I'm going to drive a big car. No, that's not what I said. But you are going to win. Because if you know Jesus, you've already won. And we're going to see all of those wonderful truths and more as we take a look at Joshua 5 through 10 over the next few weeks. We're starting in Joshua 5. We're actually going to start in verse 10 of that chapter uh, this morning. Life changes. We move from summer into fall, fall into winter, winter into spring, sometimes in the same week. People change. They change their addresses. They change their phone numbers. They change jobs. Areas change. Areas that were once countryside are now filled with bricks and pavement. And areas that were once bricks and pavement are now filled with beautiful green space. As the old saying goes, the more things change, well, actually, they just keep changing. Israel had just gone through one of the greatest seasons of change in the nation's history. They'd gone from a people trapped in slavery to a people wandering in the desert. Now they had gone from a people wandering in the desert to a people who had crossed over the Jordan River into the land of promise. Now they had a lot of challenges ahead had the massive obstacle of Jericho right in front of them. And yet, as the people of Israel prepare to embark on this adventure that we know of as the promised land, they pause, both to look backward and to look forward, discovering the most important truth they could know. Here it is. God it's still here. Let's take a look at this in Joshua chapter 5 verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover the very day they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate of the produce of Canaan. Wherever you go in life, whatever changes you face, remind yourself, God is still here. (laughs) Now we can do that, first of all, by looking back. That's what the people of Israel did. Every nation has a history, but the history of Israel, their story was more than just a collection of names and dates. The history of Israel reveals the intricate plan of God ultimately to save the world through the sending of his son. The book of Exodus records some pivotal events in the history of the nation, how God had led them to deliverance from their slavery in that land. Part of that experience was what came to be known as the Passover. Marking that final plague in Egypt. You remember that extraordinary story. The tenth of those plagues ends with the death angel coming over the land. The firstborn of the Egyptians were taken. But the firstborn of the Israelites were not. Because they had placed the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. From that time... According to Exodus chapter 12, the nation of Israel was called to commemorate that event, that incredible deliverance that God had given to them. Decades later, after a generation of wandering in the wilderness because of their rebellion, the nation now stood in that land that was promised to them all those years ago on that night that would eventually be commemorated as the Passover. They had reached their first encampment in the promised land, a place by the name of Gilgal, located about five miles to the east of Jericho. And it was there that that Joshua took those 12 stones that he had, had told one person from each of the 12 tribes as they crossed over the dry land of the Jordan River. You remember this story. Long before any of these folks had been alive, a full generation before, the nation of Israel had crossed over the Red Sea on dry land when God held the waters back. And now, in their generation, God had held the waters back of the Jordan River, and they had crossed there on dry land. And as they had crossed, Joshua had told 12 men from the 12 tribes to pick up a stone and bring it with them. And now he tells them there at their first encampment, that first place where they had stopped, to take those stones and build a monument that would be a reminder that God brought us here. Gilgal was also the place where they first celebrated the Passover in the Promised Land commemorating what God had done so many years ago to begin this extraordinary process. And now they're looking at that, that monument of stone. They had a visible reminder that God's still here. Do you sometimes have the feeling you forgot something? I think we all have that feeling every now and then in life. For example, how many of you are wondering right now, did I put the garage door down when I left this morning? I don't remember. Well, don't feel bad. Most people have those kinds of thoughts from time to time, that nagging feeling that there's just something you forgot to do, that maybe you forgot to lock the front door, or maybe you forgot to put out the trash, or maybe you forgot to put out the cat, or maybe you forgot to put down the garage door. Well, All those wonderful folks from technology land have come up with ways to help us remember to do all of those things. There's even an app that you can put on your phone that you can check and make sure whether or not you remember to put the garage door up or down. Or you can just do it the old-fashioned way and turn around and go home and check. (laughs) The nation of Israel didn't have a smartphone app. They didn't have a garage door to check on. And it would have been really tough to go back to Egypt to check on anything anyway. Although they did actually get tempted to do that. But they had a reminder. Something to help them remember. Something to keep them from forgetting. That's what the Passover was. It was an annual celebration to look back and remember God is still here. We need those kind of celebrations in our life. We've built some into our calendar. Christmas and Easter or our holidays to remind us God's still here. We need daily reminders in our life. That devotional time, reading the scripture, remembering God's promises are still valid. He's still here. That time of prayer each day to remind ourselves, yeah, God's still listening. He still cares. He's still here. That memory verse that you put in your mind and and go over each day of the week to remind you, yes, God's promise is still valid in my life. Build in your own reminder app in your life. Look back and remember all the ways that God has been there for you. And then in those days... When your job is just driving you crazy, you'll remember, oh, but God's still here. (laughs) When your family is not that Hallmark card family you thought they were going to be, you can remember, oh yeah, God's still here. When you're facing your Jericho, your hill that's too high to climb, When you've received that diagnosis from the doctor that you didn't want to hear. When you've gotten that pink slip at work. When your family just cannot seem to be fixed. You can remember something. Even in those crisis moments, God's still here. But don't just look back. Look ahead. The celebration as it's described in Exodus chapter 12 actually had two parts. It had the Passover and then it had what was called the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They were part of the same event, but on this particular day they had special significance. Listen again to the description here. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at the Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. Did you catch that? The Israelites, for a generation, had not had unleavened bread. No grain. Now, no doubt when they'd, they'd left Egypt, they'd packed some bags with grain, and you know, they'd prepared for the long journey. But as the days began to go by, <laughs> those sacks began to grow empty. And you'll remember they cried out to Moses saying, what are we going to eat? And God sent them manna every day that they could go and gather. And then when they complained about that, he even sent them some quail on the side. But they didn't have any bread. So they had not celebrated the Passover with unleavened bread for a very, very long time. In fact, remember, this generation is a new generation because of the rebellion of the generation previous to them because they wouldn't go into the Promised Land. They were made to walk around in the desert until all of that generation had died off and a new generation had come. And so by this time, they never had unleavened bread for the Passover. They had to make do But not anymore. On this day, they ate bread. Bread that they made from the grain of Canaan. And as they sat around gathering for that feast, they looked at each other and they said, God's still here. Food is at the center of so many things in our life. It's really kind of amazing. Now, now obviously, we need food to survive. Uh, We'd starve without it. But there's, there's much more than just survival involved in Food, we gather for a family meal. Extended family and friends gather for birthday celebrations and holidays and anniversaries. And one of the things they do is they eat. We have business lunches to seal the deal. We have dates where we try to impress our sweetie, taking them to a really fancy restaurant. Now, food was was central to, to celebrations in the Old Testament world as well. The Bible calls them feasts. And perhaps there was none more central to the nation of Israel than this, the Feast of Passover. Why so much food? Well, I don't have the full answer to that. But no doubt, it has something to do with our constant need for food. The feasts as you would take that food and put it in your mouth and chew it and swallow it, it reminded you, you know, just like in about four hours I'm going to need another bite, I'm going to need God too. Just like tomorrow when I wake up and I'm going to need another meal, I'm going to need God tomorrow too. And this celebration, as wonderful it is, this this time of rejoicing, this time of refreshment, this is not a one-time thing. We constantly need God. And those celebrations were a time to rejoice in the extraordinary acknowledgement that God's always here. It's no accident that one day Jesus would use the elements of the Passover meal to teach his disciples and us of our constant need for his abiding grace. That's what the Lord's Supper is. It was born out of Jesus and his disciples' final celebration of the Passover meal during his earthly ministry. And it continues as a reminder to us that God is still here. So look back, see the reminders of God's presence in your life. Give thanks for all those times that you can see undoubtedly the hand of God moving in your life, preserving you, taking care of you, blessing you. We can all look back and see those moments in life when God was there and we can give thanks. And then we can look forward. And as we go, place those signposts along the way that will continue to remind us of our abiding need for God and His continued presence. A simple blessing before the meal. That's what that's all about. As we give thanks to God for the food that He has provided, we are acknowledging God is here. So here in a couple minutes when you join together for lunch, use it as an opportunity to reaffirm for yourself and for your family, wow, our God is here. Whatever you face, wherever life's journey takes you, wherever you go, don't forget God is still here. Heavenly Father, today we celebrate. We come before you in song in word to give testimony to this truth that you are here. God, we need you. And it's not just a one-time thing. We need you today. We're going to need you tomorrow. We're going to need you next week. We're going to need you next year. And we praise You that You're always going to be there. Remind us of that truth. Help us to place monuments along the way of our life to continue to refresh our understanding that You are constantly here. You're always here. You'd never forsake us. you never leave us. For this, Heavenly Father, we give You praise. In Jesus' name. Amen.